Welcome to The Advance, a podcast on moving towards Christ-like maturity. This podcast takes time to look at how we can posture ourselves to grow in our walk with Christ. It would really help me out if you could share it with your friends and take some time to review it on whatever platform you are either viewing it or hearing it on. Thank you so much and be blessed today. friends and welcome to another episode of the advanced podcast it is an absolute honor that you have chosen to allow me and some of my friends to speak into your walk with jesus uh, especially in the midst of a pandemic i know there's a lot of amazing options out there a lot of things worth listening to and worth spending our time doing and so the fact that you're taking the time today to uh to hear this conversation is a real honor to me and i'm really looking forward to uh to what will be shared today My name is Donovan. I'm a pastor in Edmonton, Alberta. I work primarily with university students, um, and I'm also a worship pastor. And I have a deep hunger and a deep desire to see God move in ways that are truly extraordinary. And I believe that one of the ways that he does that is in our individual, everyday, uh, day-to-day life. That um, even in the midst of this pandemic, we're already a couple of months into uh, self-isolation. But I believe that um, that hasn't hindered or gotten in the way of what God wants to do in us and in the world and so um, I truly believe that if we posture ourselves to receive from God in this time and we posture ourselves to grow in our relationship with God in this time we are truly going to be surprised uh, by what God does in us Uh, again this podcast is called the advance it is all about how do we as followers of Jesus posture our lives so that we grow in our walk with him each week we're going to have a conversation um, or I'll be doing some teaching And it's gonna be super practical. Um, In a season of self-isolation, I believe that one of the most important things we can do is is put spiritual practices in our lives that enable and empower us to grow in our walk with Jesus. Uh, These spiritual practices, as we've (laughs) talked about uh, already at length, um, are people express them differently. Some people uh, find life in different practices. But the reality is that the, the three big practices that I believe God wants to foster in us in this season of isolation are worship, prayer, and knowing the scriptures. And so during the uh, this season of self-isolation, I'm not sure how long it'll last, but uh, during this season, I'm going to be spending some time each week to talk about uh, those three disciplines and, um, and different ways that we can incorporate them into our lives. Uh, it's been really awesome so far. We've talked about uh, how to read the Bible inductively, how to go really deep in our study of the Word. Um, we've talked about how to hear God's voice. We've talked a little bit about fostering a life of worship that's rooted in relational intimacy with Christ. Today's a bit of a special episode. We are going to be... <clears throat> Today's a bit of a special episode. I'm having a conversation with my friend Eric Freiberger. He's an amazing man. I love this guy. I love the way that God works through him and in him. I love his thoughtfulness. I love the way that he values people and really seeks to, um, <clears throat> yeah, to help people grow in their walk with Jesus. Uh, I met Eric during my master's. Uh, we studied together in Michigan, and it was awesome that I had a fellow Albertan friend. Um, I've already uh, listened to his podcast where he talks about me, and uh, he says he forgives me for being an Oilers fan. And I will have to forgive him for being a Flames fan. And if the playoffs ever get going this year, I'm sure that I hope that our friendship will be able to stay intact because there's a very good chance that uh, if the playoffs ever happen, we will be facing off against each other. But I think our friendship runs deeper than that. 
Um, what I love about Eric is his, um, his just ability to think deeply and ask really good questions. And so he was one of the people that came to my mind as I was thinking about this podcast. And the cool thing is he's been doing a podcast as well. And he just started a new series in his podcast on um, spiritual practices in isolation. And so rather than me interview Eric for my podcast and him interview me for his, we decided we would just do a joint episode where uh, the two of us have a conversation about spiritual practices in isolation and we just release it as well. His podcast is called The Inception of Wonder and I highly recommend you to check it out. Uh, but before we get to the conversation, one of the things that I love to do with this podcast is give you recommendations. Uh, I was recently having a conversation with a friend and he was talking about uh, a live stream that he saw with Erwin McManus, who's just a phenomenal pastor in California, a great thinker, a great author. And uh, one of the things that Erwin was saying on this, on this uh, live stream was, there's a McDonald's on every street corner right now in the church. Uh, so many people are releasing content and so much of it is really good and so much of it may not be really good, but there's just realities, there's so much stuff out there. And so one of the things that I hope to do with this podcast is give you the tools, give you different things that, and, and give you recommendations of things that I think are worth your time. Uh, I'm gonna give you a little bit more of a fun one today, uh, two that are related together. So one of the people that has influenced my thinking a lot is a guy named Sky Jatani. Uh, he is uh, just a phenomenal author and Christian thinker. I've already recommended his podcast, it's called The Holy Post. Um, but uh, his book, With, is actually extremely influential in my life. Um, basically, this book talks about uh, different ways that we relate to God. It talks about things like life for God, thinking that we need to uh, posture ourselves, do the right things, and we can grow in our walk with Jesus. Um, it also talks about life under God, where God is kind of this fatalistic dictator, and we just kind of live based on whatever God God does, like we have no control, all this sort of thing. Uh, he he kind of breaks these down and looks at the reality of life is that we're not supposed to live life for God. We're not supposed to live, live life from God. We're supposed to live life with God. And uh, that, that ultimately we are called to, uh, to grow as his followers um, in a relational way. And I don't want to steal the thunder. I think this book is well worth your time, and I highly recommend you to check it out. Uh, but more of the fun recommendation that I was telling you about is uh, his, his other podcast. So he's got The Holy Post, and he's also got a podcast called The Movie Proposal. And one of the things I also love about Eric is he, uh, he really loves to, uh, to look at popular culture and things that... Um, <clears throat> yeah, just things that are they are kind of either it's a movie or a book or something that's really popular and he has a really good eye to kind of pull out some of the meaning behind it and the movie proposal does just that too. Uh, if you're a movie buff like me or you just really love in the season of isolation, you've had more opportunities to check out more movies, I highly recommend the movie proposal. Uh, they give you some awesome thoughtful engagement with movies. And, uh, and it's really, uh, some episodes are hilarious. I think the guys that do it are hilarious. And, um, but, but overall, they, they really help give you a lens on which to view the content that we view uh, movie-wise. And so both of those podcasts I really recommend, and they both fit with the conversation, or both the podcast, the movie proposal, and the book with. Uh, I really recommend them, and I think they fit really well with the conversation that I'm about to have with Eric. And uh, so let's just get to it. Uh, here's my talk with Eric. Hey, Eric, how's it going? Good. How about you, Don Juan? This is exciting for us to get together and uh, I know. do this podcast. I know. This is so fun. It's uh, it's our first joint venture. I uh, I just launched my own podcast and Eric's just launching his. And so I wanted to have him on as a guest. He wanted to have me on as a guest. So we figured, why not just do it together? 
Yeah. I'll tell you though, uh, Donovan, I'm a little nervous after the last couple podcasts, you've had some French language on as well as some adult rated conversations. Now I am really nervous about this. So, <laughs> yes. Yes. The, uh, we've been pretty real. That's for sure. <laughs> real. <laughs> yeah, I know. He, my, my Chris was kind of like, should I tell the story? The I'm like you do it. I knew, I think I thought I knew which story he was going to tell. So <laughs> <laughs> okay i'll be i'll keep it g-rated don't worry yeah good good <laughs> I, I, I am sure my listeners can handle it too so they uh this is real so yeah you got yeah it's uh it's quite a time we're in so definitely uh definitely want yeah we just keep it real um yeah, yeah why don't you you're just getting going i'm just getting going why don't you just take a moment to share about the heart behind your podcast and then i'll share a bit about mine sure so uh um, the inception of wonder is really about exploring a spirituality of wonder through three practices, uh, imagination, incarnation, and inspiration. And I try to center around those sort of themes. Um, it's actually been around for about a year now. Uh, I really launched it last September and have had some pretty incredible conversations uh, with local interfaith leaders here in the Calgary area. Um, and it's really been times of one-on-one, -on -one, but I've also had opportunities to go to some events and have, uh, recorded some of the, uh, uh, interfaith events here in the, in the city. So, um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's been an adventure and, uh, definitely a, a great expansion of wonder and in, in faith and spirituality. So this is, this is new though. Zoom is new. <laughs> totally oh that's great yeah i um and my podcast called the advance it's uh very similar actually the one of the uh realities right now with what's happening in culture is we're all kind of living in isolation and churches are no longer allowed to gather in person for the foreseeable future and i think um one of the it can either go one of two ways uh it can either cause an increase of what i like to call consumer christianity which is the whole idea of uh, you, you go to church to receive a message and it's easy to live through the spirituality of the worship leader, the pastor, and not really foster those disciplines on your own. And so this can actually, I think, the moment that we're in can actually increase that consumerism because you aren't even having to go to a physical location anymore. You're sitting in your living room. And I think it's really easy to, um, to just participate, like, not participate, but just kind of play the church service and, you know, check it off your list. And so that's one way to go. But the other way to go is seeing this as an opportunity from God that, you know, we are not defined by a building. The church is not a building. The church is God's people participating in God's kingdom work. And so how do we, how do we stay rooted and grounded in who God says we are, um, as opposed to falling into consumerism, falling into Jesus and leaning into him and saying, Lord, we want everything you have for us in this season. And my hope is that when, uh, even when we get back to whatever the new normal may be, that we keep this mentality of the church is not the building, the church is the people. And the hope is that uh, this podcast will give you tools to, to, to kind of wrestle with that and stay connected to Jesus in the midst of that. And, um, and so each, each week I try to be super practical. Each podcast, I try to have somebody on that can give some really practical wisdom 
And each person that I interview, I ask them the question, what's one thing that somebody can try, somebody can do to grow in their walk with Christ? And so far, it's been really fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've, I've really enjoyed listening to uh, several of your podcasts so far. Thank you. So, Thank you. Yes. Yeah. It's a lot of work, though. Podcasting is not easy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yes, it, it can suck you in and then it's got hold of you for, for you got to separate yourself once in a while and say, I got to get outdoors and get a break, yeah. get a break. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh man. Well, yeah. So I think um, I'll let, uh, why don't you lead the first part of the conversation about spirituality and then um, when we start talking practices, we can just take turns. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I thought it'd be really cool if we centered around this idea. I'm, I'm entering this series on uh, life in isolation and uh, focusing on a number of different themes. Uh, and I thought one that would be really great for us to tackle is, uh, as our two uh, podcasts come together is, uh, is the theme of spirituality. And uh, what does spirituality look like in isolation? Um, I think it's something a lot of not only Christ followers, but a lot of people are, are asking as uh, research is being done that, that during this crisis, this, this pandemic, a lot of people are beginning to explore those questions of, wow, what, what is you know, my spiritual life like? What is my connection with God? And, yeah. and uh, is there you know, something bigger in this world than just my life and work and and uh and daily routine so mm -hmm. so yeah i uh i thought it'd be cool if we explore that a bit so but i think it's important that in that same sense we need to have a bit of a clarity to what is it that we mean uh about, you know is what is our spirituality what is mm -hmm. spirituality in itself so totally yeah yeah, I think it's interesting because when we think about spirituality, the verse that comes to my mind is uh, Psalm 24, verse 1. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Uh, I think it's really important when we talk about spirituality that we're not just talking about like going to church. Uh, we're not just talking about even just doing spiritual practices. Like spirituality is, is realizing that everything belongs to God, that all things are God's, that um, no matter what we're doing as followers of Christ, we can have... Um, we can do that with and participation with God through his spirit. And um, I don't want to sound mystical or anything like that, but the reality is that I think we, we tend to put this divide between things that are sacred and things that are secular, but the Bible doesn't really do that. The Bible doesn't have that dichotomy. The Bible is very much, um, it shows that there's spirituality in everything that we, we can find God in all sorts of things in all sorts of ways and so even as I just think about spirituality in general, that, that's one of the things that I think about is getting beyond the sacred and secular divide and, and saying, how do we as Christ followers see him in everyday moments, in the everyday people that we come across, in the uh, walks that we take in creation or, or in the, um, even as we're driving to work or as we're on our way, like how are we interacting with Christ in all things? Um, so that's when I think of spirituality, that's what comes to my mind. I know you have a few things to think about as well. Yeah, you know, uh, I jotted some notes down and sent you some of my notes and thoughts the other day. And, uh, but I've really been thinking about this idea too, and in, in the way, you know, me, I'm very uh, figurative. And I was thinking about a year ago, you'll remember when we had the, um, uh, oh, what's the word? Um, 
the the eclipse. The, you know, we had that major eclipse happening, and I think that was about a year ago. And I remember Bonnie and I sitting out on the deck, yeah, and and we're waiting to see what's going to happen when this great eclipse happens. Mm. And as as the moon passes between the Earth and the Sun, and begins to block it, you know, there's this coolness that falls over the Earth. But I think one of the major things that really struck me was I tried looking up to see the sun again. Mm-hmm. And what I found was there was this, you know, we're looking for that big orange uh, bright globe. Yeah. And, and it's dimming, but at the same time, off to the side of it, I noticed there's this other orange globe. And it's this realization that what I'm seeing up in the sky is not the sun at all but rather the sun is kind of off offset from it. Mm-hmm. And what we typically see in a, in a regular uh, uh, ever average day is we see the reflection of the sun off of uh, the ozone uh, of the earth. Mm-hmm. And in a sense, I realized, and I was thinking about this in the past couple of days here, isn't that what religion is to us and mm-hmm. spirituality? The sun imparts warmth, it imparts life, and you get your vitamin D, and it brings growth and, and, uh, and uh, substance here on the earth, um, allows for life to flourish. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, is we don't actually see it in its fullness. We see a reflection of it. And our way to connect with it is through that reflection. And that's that's what I think uh, uh, religion is really as well. Religion is a good thing. I remember you talking to uh, one of your friends um, uh, a couple of days ago, uh, last week. Yeah, TJ, yeah. TJ, and you guys were talking a bit about religion and the role of religion. And I was thinking, that's really, you know, I think what religion is about. It's how we're connecting to that truth that's, mm-hmm. that's out there that we don't fully comprehend or fully know. Mm-hmm. But but we're actually grasping at it through through that uh, understanding that we have in the position we're in. So. Yeah, and it's it's crazy because I one of the things I've already mentioned in this podcast a bunch is like we the moment we think we've grasped it, it ceases to become the power that it is, right? And and so I think there's this I love wonder. I love that word that you use, Eric, in your in your title because it's um, I think there one of the things that I found as a key to my spiritual life is wonder. Um, because the moment that I stop like thinking about how much bigger or greater God is than, than I could even imagine. I, you, when you lose that wonder, I think all of a sudden you, um, it, it almost like puts God, it takes him down a notch. Like as soon as you think you put him in a box, like you realize he's just bigger than that box. Like we can't fully comprehend him. And, um, and I think we also, we also can make an idol of thinking we, we know the right thing, right? Like we can think like, oh, I've got this all totally figured out. And I think that can almost, um, again, we can't fully grasp who God is. We can't fully grasp spirituality. And so I think that wonder kind of keeps us in a place of humility and it keeps us in a place of, um, of just almost like childlike curiosity and wanting to grow and wanting to learn and connect. And yeah. Yeah, I just think it's really important as spiritual beings to be 
constantly in a state of wonder. So I just love that. I love the title of your, your podcast. As well. well, it really stems from, you know, a mantra that shapes my life that comes from Gregory of Nyssa. And he said, concepts create idols, only wonder grasps anything. That's good. Um, you know me, I play in the deep end of the pool. So, uh, so whenever you enter and talk with me, take a deep breath because uh, <laughs> totally. awesome. we will go deep. <laughs> I love yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think another thing that uh, in your notes you're saying, it's important to continue to differentiate is that spirituality um, isn't just, um, excuse me, spirituality isn't uh is an aspect of religion, but it's not solely religion. I think we're, I think when I think of that, I think of even spirituality is, is so much more even than, than just Christianity. And I think one of the interesting things that I found is like there, people are very open to spirituality. Um, people are very open to talking about spiritual things. Uh, they may not be that open to talking about, um, about the gospel or about God, but they're very open to talking about spirituality. And so it's interesting because there's almost become this like, negative view of Christianity as, as spirituality. But I think part of it's because a lot of us as Christians have kind of like shut down some of the spiritual aspects of our faith because we're, they're not tangible always. Like they can't be quantified, but I yeah. think it's important for us to kind of allow space for um, the things that are, um, yeah, may not be like completely the things that don't make sense are the things that are a little out there. Like if you read the Bible, it's filled with all these spiritual things that are just crazy. Like, you know, like mm. there's the story in Acts where like somebody's shadow heals somebody else. Like you read a talk, there's a talking donkey. Like there's all these crazy things. <laughs> so weird. And I think we kind of, we shut them down when we, when we're fully just, you know, trying to engage with our heads. I think God, when we engage with our hearts, with our spirits to who God is, you know, like it's incredible what can happen. Um, well, you know, you know, a year, oh, sorry, I was oh, no, going to say, not. yeah, there, a year ago, I wrote a, a blog post. I was part of an alpha group that was taking part in our church. And there was this question of, am I religious or am I spiritual? And so I wrote this, this blog post talking about the, uh, I use the illustration of a teacup, mm -hmm. uh, which actually comes from a Buddhist teaching. Um, it was the Dalai Lama that talked about this. Uh, so I, I hope your listeners are okay listening to Buddhist thought patterns. But the idea, the idea is that um, uh, the teacup represents kind of the religion, and tea is the spirituality that's within it. The reality is each one of us is steeped in spirituality, uh, the ways that we find uh, our expression of love. Uh, you know, we talk about the fruits of the spirit, right? So love, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. All of us are, are matured in that in different ways and find different flavors and, and, uh, and dynamics to it. Mm -hmm. um, whereas uh, the teacup uh, holds this together. The religion in which we create um, uh, is what kind of gives it structure and purpose and direction. Uh, and form, uh, if, we, if we separate the two, if we separate the two, then both become meaningless. The cup has no purpose, and the tea becomes just a huge mess, right? Mm -hmm. so, so we need to be willing to allow uh, a religious structure shape uh, and hold together the spirituality that we're, we're maturing in. Um, yeah, totally. mm -hmm. yeah. 
And then I always play around with people and I say, you know, that's not the end all either because God's outside of that form too. So who do you think is enjoying both? (laughs) 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 Oh man, that's so good. I love that. I just love how deeply you think about things. Like it's just, so for those who don't know, Eric and I went to, we did our masters together in missional leadership and it was always like, we just, yeah, the conversations that we had and the depth that we were able to go to is just phenomenal. Um, you ask the right questions and you really you don't like the easy answers hey i think you're one of those guys you'll just accept everything at face value right (laughs) well what what can i say i uh i i drown and i don't mind drowning for god's sake so (laughs) oh man all right so yeah i think the it's important for us to be thinking about spirituality right now um in as we're in the season of self-isolation and and so what um i really love the question that that you proposed is why why is spirituality so important to us while we're in isolation yeah yeah so you'll uh, you'll notice i held off on the story of yara because i thought yara was an absolute great way to dive into that question the purpose of isolation yeah. um Share on it. Uh, yeah, I spent some time with Rabbi uh, Shaul Osachi here in Calgary. He was uh, the rabbi at Bethsedek for for uh, several years. And we talked about the experience of Moses and his time of isolation on the Mount, on Mount Sinai. Wow. And, uh, and he encountered this, this burning bush mm. that actually – you know, and we don't often realize this as Christians, I don't think. He didn't, he didn't climb Mount Sinai to find a burning bush, right? No. He was on his way to the, to the summit of Mount Sinai. Didn't even reach it yet, you know? How many times do we get the idea, I'm going to achieve some great height. Yeah. But on our way there, we're distracted by something that is bizarre and wonderful and uh, we later find out it's God that is saying something to us. And so, so when he sees this, as scripture says, a strange thing in a bush that's burning and not being consumed, the, the Hebrew word that's being used is yurah, mm-hmm. uh, which in definition or understanding is this, uh, you know, the yur in the base sense is fear or anxiety. Uh, it's a terror. It's using terror, but it can also be used in reverence and respect. Yeah. But in a higher form, as Rabbi Shaul explains to me, in a higher form and in a matured experience of the word, it is also a place of great transformational change or metamorphic uh, change um, that redefines us and makes us into something new so so you know like moses was filled with this fear and all of a sudden there's these words moses you are on holy ground remove your sandals Mm. right he's deconstructed in some form yeah and then he is in the conversation with god redefined and and sent into mission he's he sent as a redeemer, as a deliverer to the Hebrew people from, from Egypt, right? Mm-hmm. So this is a sense of Yerah, and I think this is, this is very connected and pointed to what we're experiencing as we go through the COVID pandemic and isolation. There's a time of great fear, great anguish, and 
you know, what is happening to our world and, and how can I deal with this sense of aloneness and, um, and, uh, and yet there's also, as you said, the question of when we come out of this, who are we going to become? What is new? I, I don't think getting back to the normalcy of thing is really an option. I think that when we come out of this, the world is going to have changed. Church is going to have changed. And we need to have new, uh, new sandals, if you will, new, new footsteps, new direction as to how we're going to live in that, uh, in that newness. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think, I think if I were to say what is important about our spirituality is it keeps us grounded. It keeps us, listening to that inner voice as Elijah was in, in the cave and he, he saw the earthquake, he saw, you know, the fiery uh, uh, winds and so on. And yet it was a still small whisper. It's the yeah. silence yeah. that's going to speak to us. And, and so this time of isolation makes us look at that. So as, as I mentioned to you about your uh, the awe is a sense also a work of glory. And so we need to recognize that in that silence, we don't need to keep ourselves busy with tons of Zoom interviews or, you know, Zoom uh, uh, events uh, and all, you know, all the things that we like to busy our life with. Rather, recognize that the glory that God puts within us as, as image bearers mm-hmm. is something we just are. We don't yeah. make it happen. We just are that. And then I think... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then I think, too, we're part of a bigger story. We're part of something that is greater than just ourselves. And, um, and the world is going to exist even though we're, we're set in, into a smaller environment ourselves. The world still goes on around us. In fact, um, they're saying one of the biggest benefits uh, the world is, is having from this um, – pandemic is the environment is flourishing right now right? yeah i've heard yeah for sure <laughs> yeah so, yeah yeah give me some feedback what do you think what what's pushing you and yeah well i think you know. i love your analogy of talking about spirituality and isolation with the burning bush and how when moses was because what's so incredible about that story is moses wasn't doing anything like spiritual when he was going up he was literally just tending his sheep right like they were as if I remember right, he's just going, one of his sheep kind of wandered away. And so he just followed the sheep and that's where he, he ran into this burning bush. And, yeah. and I think there's, I think we get this sense of like God uh, almost, yeah, we like we need to manufacture something or we need to, to like get it figured out or do the right thing when God wants to meet us in the ordinary moments. And one of the things that I think about a lot these days is how, how can we encounter God in the ordinary moments? Like how can we, you know, we have two young kids and so how, how can we encounter God and how we, we now have much more time, I do anyways, have much more time with my kids than I did before. So how can I, how can I see those moments as kind of like moments of awe, moments of transcendence, moments of realizing the greatness and the goodness of God. And I think um, some of us are, some of us are feeling really um, bored and feeling really like, you know, there's not a lot of, it's just kind of like put your head down and get through this, you know, like watch another Netflix series, whatever. Like some people are in that mentality. 
Um, but I think if even if we're in that mentality, just an openness to to meeting God in the mundane, in the ordinary, can be a huge thing. Like, and because I think yeah, there'll be moments where God like totally interrupts our story, like He did with Moses. Like it's not like Moses was choosing or wishing for that sort of calling. In fact, he he was anything but that. But uh, God met him in that place anyways, and that might happen to some of us. And there's others of us that we just need an openness to, we just need to, yeah, like what I love about spiritual practices, what we're going to talk about in a bit is they kind of posture ourselves for these sort of encounters. And so I think I see God at work both ways where there's people looking and seeking, but then there's also people, he just kind of interrupts along the way. And, uh, and I think the invitation that I'm hearing from you is we don't want to miss the burning bushes in our life because we're so busy trying to get to the top of the mountain. Like we might be, we might be moving forward and like, you know, there might be something we think, you know, this is it. And then all of a sudden God is like, no, I'm over here. I'm the neighbor that needs a friend. I'm the, I'm the, uh, like the person that needs that, that encouragement, encouraging note. I'm, I'm there, you know, and, but we're too busy, like focused on this, that we missed that. And that God's in that, like, what if Moses just walked right past the burning bush because he was too busy doing his thing, you know, like, that's just, yeah. Yeah. So I think that's why spirituality is so important in isolation because God meets us in the ordinary things. Like he meets us in the everyday things. And there's this level of spirituality. One of the, I think one of the most crucial ongoing practices of spirituality is just paying attention. It's learning to see how God is at work, see where God is at work, see who he's at work in, see how he's at work inviting us into things. And so, yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, you're touching on something. Uh, I've been getting ready for for the next uh, part in in the series that I'm leading, where we're going to talk about scriptures of isolation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Panel and Tom Big Boy are going to join me. Sweet. So our old cohort. But uh, one of the things that I I realized and was thinking as I was looking at different passages in scripture is there's there's dangerous ways of practicing isolation too. You think of the Genesis 3 chapter and the fall when Adam and Eve hid in Eden uh, to isolate themselves in essence uh, out of fear uh, of God's uh, reprisal or, or God's judgment over them. <laughs> and, and I'm thinking, wow, you know, that's, that's something to keep in perspective. When we are in our moments of isolation today, um, we should not be doing it in the sense of trying to hide from God, to realize that God is with us no matter where we are, no matter how small that environment is. Um, and to to not only be in recognition of that, but to welcome it, right? Totally. To realize that um, that we can be in the presence of God and worship him mm-hmm. in the smallest of places. Mm-hmm. So... Totally. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> that is so yeah. good. Uh, is there any other scriptures that stood out to you as you were thinking about spirituality and isolation? Oh, man, there, there's been a ton. You know, um, we'll talk about it later a bit when we talk about spiritual practices. But uh, during the Lent season, as we've just been coming out of Easter, um, I've been thinking about the way isolation plays out in the Easter story. You think of the upper room. You know, after, uh, after Jesus was crucified, the disciples found themselves trying to isolate into this upper room uh, to, to hide from, from the world 
um, for fear of them too being crucified or, or uh, uh, put to death, right? And, uh, and you have to ask yourselves, what were they doing during those times? And, uh, you know, it says that Peter, I think Peter and his brother went fishing at one point, um, you know, trying to get some sense of, you know, um, where do we go? Do we go back to the fishing, <laughs> to the fishing boats? Um, or you think of, uh, of uh, even doubting Thomas, right? He had some serious doubts during that time. Yeah. So, so all those kind of. Uh, mundane, as you put it, uh, times of isolation. But I also thought about from the perspective, because I heard it put this way before, that when you look at Scripture, we often don't think about ourselves of being in the role of Jesus. Mm. But Jesus, too, found time of isolation in the tomb. Mm. Right? Three days. Three days he is in isolation of the tomb. And as First Peter, I think it's Peter that reveals to us, Jesus didn't just be inactive or do nothing during that time. Peter talks about him going to Sheol and preaching the gospel. So even in isolation, he's preaching the gospel to uh, to those who are who are in the waiting grounds, if you will, yeah. of uh, of resurrection or uh, or judgment. Right? Yeah. So <laughs> so I mean, Jesus is. Uh, is active in his isolation and uh and so then you're you end up asking yourself the question how am i preaching the gospel in my moment of isolation um in and honoring the 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 message of freedom that god has put in my heart (laughs) yeah and how are we aware of temptation in isolation if we're staying on the same vein because when jesus right after he was baptized and commissioned in a lot of ways, he received the father speaking his identity. The first thing Jesus does is he spends 40 days in isolation. He goes to the desert for 40 days and he's tempted by Satan. And so I think that's another, if we're, if we're kind of going along that same line of thinking, then another reality of this season is going to be for some of us temptation. And Jesus stood his ground with scripture, with, you know, dependence on the Holy spirit. He said, there's a passage about the angels ministering to him. Like, it's really cool. Like they, uh, but yeah. So I think that's another one that it just comes to my mind as you talk about that. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I know you love movies. And so I think, uh, I think you've got a movie in mind right now that you want to talk about. I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you put me on the spot. What movie do you want to talk about? Um, you were part of a bigger story. Yeah. <laughs> bigger story. Um, or you're thinking, uh, oh, you were thinking of the Easter. Yeah. So, so it was actually, um, it was actually connected to Moses. Um, I was asked at a Toastmasters meeting uh, yeah. right after Easter weekend, what's my favorite Easter movie? And so, uh, so I started talking about, you know, as a, as a kid growing up, it was a family tradition. We would watch the 10 commandments every oh, year yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know, with Charlton Heston, right? Like it's, yeah. it's an old, old, old classic, but, uh, but you know, there's things in there that really, really impacted me. I'll, I'll never forget the line. So let it be written. So let it be done. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, 
but you know, as I was talking to them about how this movie impacted me as a kid around the Easter story and around the Easter uh, uh, time period, it hit me. I'm full of a room full of evangelicals, and I wasn't quite sure they were connecting with the the story of the Exodus to the story of Easter, of Good Friday and Resurrection Sunday. And, and it kind of had this, you know, I mean, it was over, it was over Zoom, but, you know, they're, they're looking at me with these kind of uh, looks of, okay, well, what does this have to do with Easter? <laughs> and uh, at least that's how I, I kind of felt. And, uh, and I realized, you know, as I was kind of, as I put in my notes to you, um, we're, the story of salvation, the story of redemption is one that's bigger than just any one singular event or time that God is working that salvation. That's that redemption out over, over the, the whole of creation. So it starts, it starts long before the Exodus story, but in this case, you know, he works through the Hebrew people to redeem them and deliver them from the Egyptians through the Passover lamb, uh, the blood on the doorpost, and uh, and it's all a foreshadowing to the Easter event of Christ, the Lamb of God, being crucified on a cross, mm-hmm. and uh, and and being resurrected in the tomb. Mm-hmm. But even beyond that, it takes us it takes us further because even Jesus says, uh, "Take up your cross and follow me." Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul's words in his letters, uh, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Um, This sense that salvation is fulfilled in Christ, but we are also uh, living out the the continuing works of God, revealing salvation in creation, right? Mm, That's so good. So, so yeah, that was one of the movies, I guess, so... (laughs) I know you love movies. I hope you talk about them more because you're really good at pulling out themes. But uh, yeah, I think it's really cool because I, I love how that reminds us of of the reality of, um, yeah, that we are part of a bigger story, that what we're experiencing now, what we're going through now is is there's something bigger happening. Um, that's why one of the questions that I've asked all of my podcast uh, interviews is how do you feel God is at work? Um, you've kind of reworded the question in our notes, but you've asked how is God changing the world and how is God changing us? Like, how is God changing me? And I just think in, that's such an important question to be asking and such an important thing to reflect on. And, and I often have to wrestle with the because I'm, I am a very positive person. And so for me, I, I'm able to see a lot of the positives in, in negative situations. But at the same time, I, I don't think we want to minimize the suffering and the hurt that people are facing, the fear that people are facing, the, the, the amount of things unknown that people are facing. Because um, so we're all part of this bigger story of God redeeming and restoring creation. Um, mm. This COVID-19 isn't outside of that that uh, of God's ability to change and work and move. Um, But I think in isolation, the whole idea of spirituality is so important because it keeps us asking that question, like, God, what are you doing? What are you up to? You know, no matter how hard it gets, like no matter how, how afraid I am, no matter how much I'm, you know, I, I may have unknowns in my life. 
like what what are you doing god what do you want like what are you doing in me what are you doing in my neighborhood what are you doing in the people around me um mm. you want to speak to to that a little bit more yeah i'm gonna pull up a a verse here um when this whole thing started and you know isolation became a reality for us mm. i actually got sick mm. yeah and um uh, I had a really bad cough, cold, um, and of course, I mean, I was I was lucky enough there was no fever forming, and uh, and it wasn't going into my lungs. I wasn't having troubles breathing, and at at that time they were restricting the number of uh, COVID nineteen tests they were doing, so I didn't actually get tested. Yeah, if I had it, but man, I was really struggling with fear at that time. And I, rem- I remember being up in the middle of the night, um, really wrestling with God. And I, I really dwelled into Psalm 88. Mm. And it's really this, this passage of lament. There's no, it's not a positive psalm by any means. Um, but I realized the course of that beginning, O Lord, the God who saves me, Day and night I cry out before you. May my prayer come before you. Turn your ear to my cry. And uh, and it really, I guess, spoke to me in the sense that we need to allow our society to lament, to allow that kind of deconstruction, as we talked earlier, to take place mm-hmm. and not to rush through it. I mean, right now we have... You know, there's protests going on down in the States and, you know, even up in Canada, there's the rest like, let's start everything up. Let's get the economy going. Let's get back to normal. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, we're, if we don't, the world is going to disappear, right? I mean, we're, we're not allowing for that, for that sacred moment to shape us to say, you know, you know, people are... You know, I don't want to be a downer here, but people are dying from from this influenza. And how are we respecting or allowing the lament for for that profound loss to us as a as a, a human um, uh, as a human society? And uh, yeah, and I mean, I think you know, as the Psalm uh, as Psalm eighty eight describes god doesn't rebuke that he honors that he respects that and says yes you express your heart allow it to to mourn and uh and give time for that grievance and respect those who are also going through that themselves totally absolutely i think there's almost something dangerous when we don't Um, what i mean like when we allow that grief and that anguish that we feel we just kind of suppress it right that's super dangerous and i just i just interviewed my friend about praying the psalms and about how the psalms give us permission to like god what the heck is going on like why is this happening you know it gives us permission to have that sort of conversation with god so that we're not just burying all of that junk inside of us we're actually like allowing god to meet us in that place yeah you know uh richard beck um, you and I got to meet him. Uh, you got to meet him in person. I got to argue with him over s- FaceTime. Oh, if you remember that? 
I was, he was arguing, how do you find the heretics in your house church movement? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Nice. And I'm not there in person. But, <laughs> uh, but, uh, but he does this, this great description. And I remember reading a few years ago when I was dealing with the loss of my stepdad. And, uh, and I was reading Richard Beck's book, The Slavery of Death. Um, and, uh, and he talks about how we like to run away from, from death. We like to hide from, we like to try and pretend it doesn't exist in that there, you, as you said, there's extreme dangers to that. And as a person, as a, as a person in a wheelchair, and you know that Bonnie, my wife is also in a wheelchair, we pay particular attention to to environments like senior care homes yeah. and, uh, and, you know, group homes and, and uh, places where, where people like us are receiving care because they can't care for, for themselves and independence. And, you know, in the midst of all this COVID-19, we're hearing stories of how uh, care workers are literally not showing up for work in these care environments and the, the inhumanity and the loss of, of dignity to the lives of these people who are in these care homes um, and people who are literally dying because of that, because we're not willing to lament with these people. You know, there's, there's people that, that are not willing to to hold the hand of someone who is going through great hardship because we want to avoid the tension there, the, the sense of, of loss. And, and, uh, and it, it's, it's like you said, it's, it's dangerous to do that. We need to give space to that and face it head on. Yeah, absolutely. Man, that's yeah. so important. Do you want to get practical? <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think of a better way to bridge, but I'm like, no, not going to happen. Let's just <laughs> anything. Let's yet? get, let's, yeah, get, let's get practical. Well, we got, yeah. Let's get, uh, yeah, let's, let's start talking a little more practical here. So the, um, yeah, I think the kind of what we wanted to talk about and spend a bit of time on today between the two of us is just kind of, I think almost like popcorn, uh, what are some of the spiritual practices that are keeping us grounded right now in isolation? And again, it's not, it's not so that all of you feel overwhelmed or overburdened. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to do this. I got to do that. It's that hopefully something will like spark and you'll be like, Oh, that'd be really cool. Like, I think that could really help where I'm at. God, God may be inviting me into that. And so I'm just gonna like really quickly, Holy spirit, may you help each one who's listening to this filter through, what are you inviting us into? What are you inviting me into? Um, I just pray that people wouldn't compare themselves to me or Eric, but they would know that you are meeting them where they are and that you are inviting them in the midst of where they are, uh, whether they have young kids at home and they're feeling way more overwhelmed than they were before, or whether they are um, the type of person who has had so much and now has so little, and now they have all the space in their life. Um, God, I just pray wherever people are at that you would be inviting them. Um, and that it wouldn't be out of guilt or condemnation. It'd be out of this, what we just talked about, God, participation in you and what you're doing. And in this, uh, because spirituality is so important to continue these practices. Amen. 
Cool. Why don't you go first? Let's, uh, let's, let's just play popcorn a little bit. What's the practice that you're currently doing well in isolation? I'm going to turn a light on because I've noticed I'm starting to disappear. <laughs> yeah, I'm just opening my blind a little more because it's banging. So uh, this wonderful weather that we have, uh, we've opened up the windows in the house and are letting some fresh air finally enter our, our homes. Yes, really loving this. Um, I think... Uh, yeah, I think one of the things that has really uh, helped me spiritually is uh, we are, I'm lucky enough to have a, a weight gym in our basement. Awesome. So I, I really enjoy just going down there and I have a, a, a record player down there. So um, I'll, I'll put some Led Zeppelin on and crank the tunes or Pink Floyd and, uh, and start hitting the weights. And uh it's this real sense of energizing um, and, uh, and really a moment, I think, uh, that spiritually impacts me. I know that my day is better when I get to spend, uh, you know, an hour and a half, two hours in the morning down in the gym, uh, just listening to some good music and uh, yeah. pushing the body a little. <laughs> totally. And it's like such a spiritual exercise, how we care for our bodies, like just – it's so, you know, it's a huge part of my testimony. I'm sure I'll share my, my weight loss journey in a few, in, in my weight loss journey in the podcast eventually, but the, the reality of just how all we do is worship. And, and when we take care of our bodies, like First Corinthians says that our bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit. Uh, I know that context of that is a little bit different, but the idea is that God created our bodies, that they're good, that they're spiritual, and that we can by tending for them, by caring for them, we actually are honoring God. Um, and yeah, I'm similar, Eric. I've kept like my physical exercise has been a huge part of my my isolation spiritual practice. Just and and part of it is like I I didn't want to. I kind of wanted to keep doing what I was doing before. I just had to find creative ways to do a lot of these things. And so even as I go through kind of different ways that I'm practicing spirituality, a lot of it isn't necessarily anything like that I've started in this season. Like there are certain practices that I have, as you'll hear, but most of them are things that I was doing before that I just had to get creative with. And so can't go to the gym anymore. So I have to do, I literally do a zoom workout where my, my physical trainer will be there barking at me on zoom, just like you are right now. And he'll, uh, yeah, and he'll do these push-ups, do these exercises. And I think with the weather change too, like just getting outside going for like, for me, it's uh, running or a brisk walk, like just super, I find I connect with God so well in those times. Just, and again, it's not even like, I don't even have to be doing anything like spiritual, as we were saying earlier. It's just being in, in creation and just, and just, again, practicing attentiveness, like just being present to God in whatever I'm doing. Yeah. 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 I don't know what uh, McDavid and those Oiler uh, players are doing, probably uh, binge watching on Netflix, but uh, I know some of our Calgary Flames players are doing uh, exercise videos with their kids and uh, oh, yeah, yeah, doing yeah. squats and, and <laughs> holding the kids up for weights. So no excuses. It's uh, <laughs> Exactly. We'll see. We'll see what happens there. <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah what are some other practices that you're you're doing right now eric in isolation yeah you know we touched on dwelling in the word i think uh i think it's really good um i've been reading adam McHugh's uh uh book right now listening 
And uh, let me get the full title because I don't want, if people want to find it, they need to know what it's called. Is it The Listening Life? Yeah, The Listening Life. Uh, embracing, uh, embracing attentiveness in a world of distraction. Wow, that's good. And, uh, and I find it pretty, I mean, it's, uh, I actually tweeted with him, uh, uh last week oh, cool. and yeah. And, uh, and I, I shared with him, I said, you know, it's, I don't think he intended it this way, but what a phenomenal book to go through when you're in isolation. Mm. Um, but he, he wrote in there in, in, in his book, he says, listening is not reserved for the spiritual spiritual aristocracy listening is about more than straining to hear voices it's about preparing the conditions of our hearts cultivating an openness inside us in this way listening is a posture one of availability and surrender we don't control how or when god will speak but we can control the acoustics that received the sound we want to prepare an inner place that is open and hospitable to God's voice. That inner place requires humility, patience, attentiveness, and trust. We must have hearts ready, already surrendered in order to recognize his voice when he calls. And so, so yeah, when I think of the times that I spend in scripture, I mean, there's all sorts of ways you can approach scripture, uh, you know, read your Bible in a year, read it in three years. Um, you know, when we were in, in our master's program, I had a pretty attentive uh, ear to reading at least a chapter of scripture a day um, and just really letting it soak into to my thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think that, I think it's important, as, as Adam's pointing out, we don't want to rush through it. We don't want to be like Moses who's climbing the mountain and has set a goal. We want to be open to those distractions that are around us, uh, those raw moments. And so, so yeah, I think one of the things that isolation uh, spiritual approaches to scripture is to just sit with it and, and really let that word um, open our imagination. So, Totally. So yeah, yeah, that's that's what I mean when I say dwelling. Um, yeah, yeah. Because I think dwelling in the word is that whole sense of just yeah, you're you're allowing it to speak and listen and listening to what it may be saying to you. And one of the podcasts that will be released after our conversation, before ours is released, <laughs> we talk about how we don't just read the scriptures; the scriptures read us, and, yeah. and we actually allow the scripture to like speak into the things that we're going through. And um, my, my word practice in this season has simply been, and I talked about this in, in my podcast on the Psalms has been praying through the Psalms. Like I've been just kind of going through the Psalms in order. I haven't really been cherry picking them. It's easy to cherry pick Psalms that you like, or that are good. But if you kind of go through them one by one, you get the whole gamut. You get the praise one day, the next day you get the lament, the next day you get the, you know, more like desire Psalms or preaching Psalms or, and so the, uh, I just found that really powerful, like spending time in the Psalms and not just, um, yeah, not just reading them for the sake of checking it off a list, but really like dwelling in them, like sitting with them. And, um, and yeah, I think it's just been really 
a really cool exercise, uh, especially because they, like we were saying, the Psalms give you permission to lament. They give you permission to pray things that you may not have words for yet. But then when you read them in the Psalms, you're like, yes, that that's the prayer that I've been needing to pray. <laughs> yeah. Right? And yeah, so you had a, you had a phenomenal story when you, uh, when I listened to your conversation with Chris, I think it was Chris about okay. Psalm 23. Yes. Uh, yeah. When you prayed Psalm 23 over, mm. over uh, a friend. Yes. And yeah. it's, it's amazing when we open ourselves to those old traditional words, if you want to put it that way, mm. and just let them breathe over us that uh, the presence of God just reveals something inside of us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even thinking about the Book of Common Prayer, right? Uh, I grew up in an Anglican church, and when I was young, uh, the liturgy and, and, and the books of prayer and such, I can't say that they really spoke to me. But now, you know, when I, when I read through those again, it's, it really centers me. It really uh, uh, begins to uh, open me to God's uh, sovereignty over life and over my life in a way that I, I did not experience when I was young. Mm, totally. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I know another spiritual practice that I've really been paying a lot of attention to recently. And um, obviously I've already released a couple of podcasts on it, but it's prayer. And the, the mentality that I've just tried to have is just praying often, like keeping God before me in, in all that I'm doing. Like I try to have an attitude of prayerfulness throughout the day um, really noticing how quickly my emotions can, can go crazy these days. And, you know, like, cause there's so much happening. Like every day I feel like there's a new thing. Like every day there's more you hear, there's more. And, and the reality is if my internal life is not centered, it's easy to just kind of sway with all the craziness that's going on. And so I'm really been intentional with in my prayer life during this season and, um, and just, in, in all that, if I start to notice that anxiety bubbling up or that fear bubbling up, all like inviting God into that, um, praying for that situation, even um, relational issues that may be coming up, praying first. Like um, if I, you know, I rolled my ankle the other day, like praying first, you know, like there's all sorts of things. It's like just trying to keep it constant, keep it uh, as something that, that I'm doing as a regular practice. And then um, I think the other thing that I've been, trying to do a bit more is just writing down my prayers in this season again, where, where there's a bit more space and a bit more time. I'm finding the, uh, just the importance of like, just putting it out there. Um, I love to write. So it really helps to helps me connect with God that way. Um, but prayer is definitely one thing that has been really important. And the, I guess the other thing we're doing a lot more now that we have a two year old who's two and a half and, you know, two and a half going on 15 she um, she's really starting to uh, to talk a lot more and understand a lot more. And so with prayer, like just trying to pray with her as much as we can, like, I don't know what she's picking up on and what she's getting, but just, it's just the simple things just, and, and not just praying before meals, but like praying often and praying, you know, whenever there's something coming up and, and just trying to, to keep prayer as something that's normal, not weird, not like, again, not like sacred and secular, like prayer is a part of everything that we do. Um, so that's been prayer for me. What about for you? Yeah. I mean, this is going to sound kind of funny, but, um, and I'm going to date myself here a bit probably too, 
But you remember the movie uh, Braveheart? Of course. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, who can forget? Uh, that shouldn't be dating us. Everyone should watch that movie. <laughs> true enough. True enough. Yeah. Um, there, <laughs> there is a scene that really impacted my prayer life huh. from that movie. Wow. And that was when the Irishman showed up. Yeah. At uh at Wallace's William Wallace's camp and he asks the Lord now, I know you allow French on your uh on your podcast, but I will refrain from using the French he used. <laughs> <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. I don't want to put next to this one. <laughs> <laughs> but but I remember him talking about on you know, he's sitting on the horse and he says I and the Lord talk often, and uh, the Lord told me that that I was to be here, and and uh, and I really have. I thought, man, how simple of a way to approach prayer. I'm just conversing with God, and He's with me always. And so, so I mean, that's how I've really, I in a lot of ways. I mean, I do practice meditative prayer, as I've shared before with you. I think uh, it's profound in my. Uh, in how I came to to my spiritual birth, but um, but really, I I I spend the day in prayer. Day, you know, Paul's words of constant, you know, being in prayer constantly have yeah. have impacted me. Where where I just talk with God in any opportune moment. I also make a point of every morning and night um, before uh, uh, before getting up um, when you're in a wheelchair. Uh, you know, getting up is not not like you jump out of bed or anything. There's mm-hmm. there's a process and it takes time. But before I enter that process, every morning I'll I'll put my head down and and you know uh, set myself prostrate before God and say, God, this is your day, mm-hmm. and I just want to bring you glory and uh, and I want to uh, uh, be in your footsteps. So please reveal yourself to me throughout the day and. And let me bring honor to you. So, um, and then I give thanks in the evening at night. Um, so I think, I think uh, that's kind of some of the ways that I've kept uh, prayer at a spiritual center. And and I can't say that I'm you know doing it special just because we're in isolation. This is this is something I do on a on a constant basis. Um, yeah. Yeah. I know there's a tool for if you're really watching this or listening to this and you're hearing that um, that morning and evening prayer, there's a tool called Examine, E-X-A-M-E-N. Uh, I think it was Aquinas. Was it Aquinas? I don't no, know. Ignatius. Ignatius. I think Ignatius. Ignatius of Loyola, yes. He, uh, he, uh, he created this tool called Examine, and it's basically questions that you ask God in the morning and preparing your heart for the day and then questions in the evening as well. And so that's just a tool if, if you want a tool for more of a structured, if you're more of a structured person in the morning, evening prayer, examine is like an amazing tool. Um, yeah. And I think, I think a good way to put that, uh, oh, it was one of our uh, cohorts that got us on this and I can't remember who it was, but uh, the app pray as you go. Yes. Uh, it's, a, it's a Jesuit app and, uh, and it does give you um gives you those morning and night prayers that can uh, guide you through that. So totally. Yeah. So what other practices have you been engaging with recently, Eric? 
Yeah, you know, um, oh, Bonnie and I are uh, uh, planning a date night this weekend. We're going to go for a drive. And uh, we, used to, we used to do this when we were younger where we would drive around the rich neighborhoods and look at all the houses and dream, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So, so we're uh, we're gonna you know keep that, and I think that's a, a rich part of our spirituality is oh, to recognize our our significant others and our spouse, uh, and the way that they are part of who we are spiritually. Yeah. Uh, taking the time to to be with them and be intentional about the relationship uh, that you have with one another, and. Uh, and the significance of that love. So, totally, that's so good. Yeah, yeah, such an important spiritual practice in how we interact with the people that we spend the most time with. Like, who are we with them? Are we being intentional with them? Are we fostering our relationship with our spouse or with our parents or with our like the people that we may live with or be close to? And because yeah, I think for me and other, we've been trying to be really intentional with how we connect with people in in this season because I think so many people can feel isolated. Um, and so, yeah, just for us, it's been really important to keep, you know, we've been regularly connecting with friends and honestly, if the pandemic had never happened, we probably wouldn't have connected. Um, because the, we've either, they either live far away or we just don't, we don't communicate very often. And so we've been really intentional to try to, to keep connecting with friends in a meaningful way and, and really, um, yeah, just being intentional with those conversations with that time. I actually found, I found there's something about Zoom that allows like, it isn't as good as being in the same room, I don't think, but there is something really meaningful about the connections that we've been able to have with people and, and the way that we bring others into our spiritual walk. Um, another practice that I've started recently is um, just uh, trying to text a friend every day, just kind of how things have gone throughout the day, like what's going on yeah. in my heart, you know, have I stayed connected with God? Like, Cause I think, again, like I was saying in this season, temptation is so prevalent and there's so much different, like different things that are vying for attention and time. And so it helps to have somebody each day just check in and say, Hey, it was a good day today. Like I had good time with the Lord. I had good, like I was focused today. Like these sort of things I find really helpful spiritual practices in that you can still have with people connecting with people, even though we're physically distant. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I think I think a good one to maybe touch on too, and I was I was curious how you would respond to this. Yeah. Um, uh, so Bonnie and I, as I mentioned, are in wheelchairs, and uh, winter particularly is hard for us to get around. Totally. And uh, and so we kind of uh, when it's when it's too hard to get out, and that we'll we'll live stream church. Yeah. Uh, we'll we'll bring worship into our home, and so. Uh, we do it intentionally in our family room. We put it up on our TV and uh, um, and engage in worship with our community that way. Oh. Um, I remember struggling with it at first, uh, probably a couple of years ago. And I wrote I wrote a belonging. Would uh, I wrote a blog post? A belonging in a live stream world uh, <laughs> as part of our First Alliance Church community. And uh, kind of pulled out some of the key components that I think allows us to still be engaged in the community cool. um, and, uh, and yet do it from, from, 
from the from our living rooms from our yeah. from our home That's cool. um so so i've been curious about you who who not only have led in worship and uh and spoke in uh in your church yeah. um how are you finding uh yourself in the spiritual practice of worship uh, while in isolation yeah that's a good one i think for me i'm still participating in corporate worship because of my job right like i'm still leading the worship for a sunday morning stream so i still have had that that opportunity to participate which has been you know obviously we're following all the requirements and we're you know we and obviously we're not uh like we're we're making sure that we're in adherence to all the social distancing and, and all of this but the reality is i've i've still had I've still been able to continue that practice, uh, which has been really fun. Um, but at the same time, I understand that not everyone has that luxury. Like not everyone has the ability to worship corporately with others. And so one of the things I've really tried to do, and this is really interesting, Eric, and this is one of those things that I think will continue on past the, the COVID pandemic for me. But I used to listen to sports radio all the time. Like I've, I've, obsessed with with hockey and the oilers and i know as uh and i know there's many of us that are obsessed with our hockey teams uh or football teams if you're listening but the reality is i i would spend so much of my time just listening to sports radio and so as soon as they canceled the sports season um i stopped listening to sports radio and i started trying to i just would turn worship music on when i was driving in the car and um and the, the crazy thing is like today was the first time that I listened to sports radio since the pandemic started. And it was just like, Oh, I, I only have like five minutes. I didn't want to plug my phone into Bluetooth or whatever. And so I listened to sports radio and I was like, Oh, I don't really miss it. You know, <laughs> but not that there's anything to miss, <laughs> but the, uh, so yeah, I think listening to worship music in the car has been really helpful. Um, we try to have it on in our house all the time. Like we try to, especially with a two year old, it's really, it's really easy to just have life get so crazy and loud. And so it's just nice to have it on in the background. Like, and then there's sometimes I'll hear a song and I'll turn it up and like, we'll engage with it. Like literally where my daughter will start dancing to it and we'll sing along. And, and so that's been cool. And then I think the other thing too, is like, as a musician, I really engage with God when I'm playing my guitar. And so I've been trying to, to do a lot more of that. Um, and a lot more just sitting at the piano and just singing and playing is, it's been it's been fun and, and again it's stuff that i wouldn't have necessarily had extra space for but now i'm realizing just how life-giving it is and so i think even beyond this pandemic beyond the isolation requirements i'm going to keep doing those things um the only problem is my two-year-old whenever i start playing the guitar she tries to steal the pick from my hand and then put it into the sound hole so it's very, <laughs> it's very that's literally her game i'll start strumming the guitar she goes she'll come and grab my pick and then she'll play. i'm like ava no let me play the guitar she goes too loud daddy <laughs> i say <"Come> ah. <laughs> like i'm worshiping, worshiping she's like smack 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 <laughs> But yeah, I think she's she's gonna play the drums for you i think when she gets older oh yeah <laughs> yeah it's, so it's like for me worship is just such a and again it's it's one of those practices that i haven't necessarily it's not that i had to 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 start something new as much as get creative with how how to continue expressing it but i that's probably the thing i miss the most eric is gathering with people and worshiping in corporate settings like it's mm. just to me like to have everyone in the same room and just it just i miss that i think there's something really profound about that, that I think, that I hope that we don't take for granted whenever they lift these restrictions, you know, like, hmm. 
Yeah, I, you're gonna have to forgive me, and maybe maybe you can edit this out if you don't if you don't uh, want it in here. <laughs> but um, uh, when Bonnie and I have been listening to to our worship leaders and uh, and our pastors uh, in First Alliance, um, and they share how you know the the hall space is empty, right? Yeah, uh, and they're they're kind of in front and and they're uh, they're leading us in worship. I've been kind of wondering, like, how has God maybe revealed Himself differently in the midst of that worship? Mm. Um, uh, you know, as as a as a person who's standing in this empty room. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Totally, it's crazy. Like. I, I love it actually in some ways because it, we always say that it's about us and God. It's not about, you know, like audience of one, all of this sort of thing. And so as a worship leader, it, the first time I did it, it was really weird, but at the same time, it was like, it was very, I felt very connected to God and I felt deep worship that I haven't felt in a long time. And I don't know why I think there was a level of, um, there was a level of we were doing a specific two hour long worship set for and it was right after the restrictions had come on come into place like right after it and i was leading worship and between each song i had picked a song like picked a scripture that's kind of just gave hope or gave context or gave like some sort of language and so i think it was just a really powerful service in in general but i I think what for me is so uh, it just really reminds you like, who is this for anyways? Like it's for God. It's, it's about him and he's worthy of it, whether there's four people in the room or whether there's 400 people in the room. And so for me, I really try to engage with his heart um, while I lead worship anyways. And the other thing that, that I have to keep in mind is that a lot of people apparently are watching live stream services that are not like, we have a lot of people watching our services. We don't know who they are. And so we're not sure if they're like friends of people that go to our church or if they're just random people on the internet that have stumbled across our live stream somehow. But there's this like reality of there's people that watching this that may be curious about Christianity or may have questions about God. And so how are we by our worship, by how we're talking about what we're doing? um, How are we like being hospitable to those people in their living rooms, in their houses? and creating space where they can learn and engage. Um, so I really like that aspect of it for me as a worship leader. It's just weird. I don't know where to look ever. That's probably the most awkward thing. I'm like, do I look at the camera? Do I just look forward? Like, <laughs> that's probably the only thing that's really uncomfortable about it. But but honestly, it's like, there's almost this um, this level of, it's uh, it's almost like you have to really trust the spirit's leading too, because when you're leading worship in a room full of 400 people, it's really easy to, to get distracted by the crowd almost and like kind of lead based on how they're reacting or not, if that makes sense. Mm. And so in some ways it's like, I'm not, I don't have any of those cues anymore. So it's like as a worship leader, I'm really just trying to pay attention to what God's doing. And, and what do you want me to say after this song? How do you want me to pray? What, what do you want me to, um, to communicate uh, and just really having to be obedient in those moments. And then you kind of just put it out there, right? Like, here you go, people watching online. Hopefully this is meeting you where you're at. 
and hopefully you're able to participate. I think that's the negative side for me is you just don't know. Like, I don't know if people are just sitting on their couch or if they're like washing the dishes while their worship's going on, or if they're like chatting with their friends or chatting with their family, waiting for the sermon to start. Cause that's the most important part of the service. Anyways, I say that tongue in cheek, um, you know, so there's this level of, um, we don't know how people are participating, but at the same time, that's not, that's not my responsibility, you know? So how am I being faithful with my responsibility, which is following the spirit in those moments? But hopefully that answers your question a little. <laughs> you can tell I'm passionate about it. <laughs> well, next time you're uh, wondering uh, where to look when you're uh, leading up there, just picture everyone there in their bathrobes and yeah, exactly, pajamas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> so good. Cool. Um, but yeah, I really encourage you guys listening. Um, engage with your live streams. Like, I think one of the things we've tried to do as a church is we give people questions after each sermon and we encourage them to, as a small group, just get together over Zoom and chat through those questions. Um, We've opened up a public time for anyone that wants to jump in on that. Uh, We have one of our interns leading those conversations every Sunday. And so we've been trying to find ways to facilitate participation. We also started doing a uh, pre-service prayer over Zoom, which I hope continues again when we're able to start gathering uh, here at the church building again, I really hope that people will continue to participate in pre-service prayer um, because yeah, we want to give opportunities for people to participate, but it may be like, we just keep telling people like embrace the awkwardness of it. Like, you know, yeah. sit there and sing along. Like you're, you're able to express your worship. You know, God is present with you in your home just as much as in, in the church building. And I think, I hope that that sticks with people. If there's something from church online, I hope that that sticks with people. Yeah, you know, one of the things that uh, First Alliance does and I praise them for is they encourage people uh, to comment on the live stream, uh, leave their their uh, thoughts and their prayers in the, that comment stream while we're in worship. And it kind of, you know, it's kind of interesting when you're listening to the worship music taking place and yet you hear people's praying through that time. And it just brings the spirit into the home in a much more communal way that you wouldn't expect. It's given opportunities for like, there's been times where I've had scripture just come to mind as we're in worship and I can bring that word of God to that platform um, and allow people to engage uh, in, in the communal fashion as well. And then uh, one of the things that I think is amazing is, uh, at the end of each service, Corey or one of the pastors will basically, it'll go off on a side uh, of the stage and and they'll just give, you know, we're so thankful that these people and main people that have, uh, that have commented in of being blessed to be part of the worship. And, um, and it really gives a sense of it's bigger than just what's what's happening at the building type thing. But I, I do think that it's challenging us too, as a church to, uh, um, to recognize that the discipleship walk is more than just the Sunday morning event. Absolutely. hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. Amen. And, and we need to recognize that our spirituality and the way we grow in discipleship mm-hmm is is greater as you know coming back full circle to to what we started with um that 
that uh, the salvation story and the walk of uh, walking with Jesus is more than just one single event that happens in our life. Mm-hmm. And we need to respect and, and follow those footsteps and realize we're in a journey and we're in a journey with this together. So, yeah. Um, I know from the notes that you sent me before, one of the practices that you're really leaning into right now is, is learning. Do you want to just speak yeah. to that really quickly? How, cause I know a lot of us are still watching our sermons of our pastor online and that's awesome. And you're obviously you're taking the time to listen to this podcast, which is awesome. Um, but uh, I think the, yeah, it's really important that we're not just consuming more from our pastor, however it may be happening, but we are taking ownership of our own learning. And so how, how have you been doing that in the season, Eric? Yeah, so I mean, there's, there's uh, different ways, I think, that we can, we can approach it. But I think uh, it's important to, when we're listening to that inner voice, to keep growing. It can be easy just to, to sit back as, and, and think, I'll wait until all this blows over. But there's this moment where we are called uh, to, to keep listening to our imaginations and allowing God to speak into that and change who we are. Uh, a couple of ways that I've been doing, I mean, um, uh, New Leaf Network here in Canada has done this phenomenal uh, Jared Siebert, he, he kind of leads this, but this phenomenal way of uh, giving online support to, to those across Canada. They'll have a cafe front where for, for a couple hours every day, you can just, you know, pull up to your, to your laptop and have a cup of coffee. And if you need to talk over with someone and, and just talk with them, you can, you can engage with a, with someone there and, and really, find support but they also uh every tuesday are allowing for prayer chapel so that you can spend time praying with someone and i think it's important to as you you know as you did earlier um prayer life is important and for us to practice that but one of the ways that god can speak to us through prayer is praying with others yeah right so it's important to to keep that too and they, they have a great prayer chapel there but also uh they have the learning centers where every week uh, to two weeks, they'll have a a learning webinar where someone will come in and, you know, they had the first one they did was phenomenal. And I can't remember the gentleman's name, but he was uh, an epidemiologist. So he understands how uh, infectious disease works. And he just broke down the COVID-19 virus and how it functions and, and to learn about it. I mean, knowledge is power it allows us to break down those fear factors that we have Mm -hmm. and so it's important that we we learn not just about not just about uh you know consuming spiritual uh edifice if you will like you were you know earlier you know spirituality is about learning about god's creation and the way it works and part of that is realizing that viruses are um a, a you know, a natural order, if you will, uh, in, in our world. And, and if we learn about it, we know how to not get rid of them, but live with them mm-hmm. and, uh, and learn how to treat them with respect and, uh, and behave properly in, 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 uh, in the world so that we're not bringing those infections to others type things, you know, there's a, 
Yeah, so I think it's good to to be learning. Um, and of course, uh, it's given opportunity for reading. So I mentioned earlier, I'm reading Adam McHugh's book. Yeah. Um, I'm reading scripture. Uh, I have, I mean, I'm a bookworm like you. So, <laughs> so, so I have other books on my docket ready to go. That's awesome. Yeah, my problem is I start so many books and then I don't finish them. And then I've got like 18 books on the go and then I just have to like, I get through them one by one and then I just repeat the process. So <laughs> yeah, I just love, I love reading. It's really, it's really cool. Um, I think the final practice for me has been this podcast. And um, I think the, uh, um, it's cool. Cause one of the things I was sensing before this isolation time, I really felt like God was saying, you take a lot in, like you learn a lot, you love to learn and grow. Um, but I really sensed he was inviting me to be more intentional with what I was giving away, how I was sharing what I was learning, the platforms, the uh, the creative ways that I was engaging with, with what God was teaching me. And so it's been cool in this in this pandemic. One of the things that I've I've been doing is just saying, God, how do you want me to be like a conduit of hope, of love, and of learning for people? And and so, yeah, I think this podcast has been one of those expressions of that for me. And so I, I just want to encourage those of you who are listening. Um, if, if there's something that God's maybe laid on your heart, like, yeah, for some of you, this might be a season of pause to sit on it and wait and wait on God, let him do a work inside you. But I think there's others of you that, that God may have something, not just that he wants for you in this season to, to be taking in, but also to be giving away. Like what might God have laid on your heart? Maybe, maybe for some of you, it's like that book that's been on your heart. You need to start writing. Um, maybe for some of you, it is something like this podcast or a Facebook live. Maybe for others of you, it's a lot more localized and it's like, I need to get out and, you know, porch drop some of my neighbors and just get to get to know their names. So maybe there's things God's laid on your heart that in this season, he might be saying like, this is it. Like, go forward. Like, you know, you know, and for others of us, it may be pause, but I know for me, it was definitely a advanced season. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I don't know if I told you this story ever, but uh, yeah. the reason why I started podcasting was from an experience I had actually quite a long time ago. Yeah. But, but uh, it was, I met uh, a friend at a coffee shop and we chatted and we were talking about uh, different spiritual um, activities and ways that God was revealing in our life. Yeah. And uh, we ended up chatting for about two hours, but it was weeks later that Bonnie and I were in a movie theater and this lady came up to us and said, Hey, you don't know me, but I was actually in that coffee shop a few weeks ago when you were chatting with that gentleman. And that was the most amazing conversation I have ever heard. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and so, I mean, so yeah, like, like, you know, podcasts are great ways to share stories. And so, hey, if you want to be a guest on the Inception of Wonder or on the Advance with Don Juan, the man of... Uh, <laughs> Great love towards God's story in our community. <laughs> Get a hold of us. Get on here and tell your story because it matters. Absolutely. That's so good. I'm um, sorry, Eric. I got to wrap up here soon, but I love in your notes, yeah. the last the last question that you proposed is, and I think it's one that it'd be good to wrestle through before we wrap up, but how how can our spirituality and our spiritual walk give us hope in this season? Yeah. Um, I think that's such a 
poignant question and a good one. So why don't you speak to that first and then I'll, I'll kind of add my two cents. Yeah. Um, I had kind of two points in this when I was thinking about this question. One, I shared that I'm in a wheelchair. I'm in a wheelchair as a result of a car accident. And uh, it was in 1994 uh, that I was involved in a pretty major car, car accident here in the Calgary area. I ended up spending about four to five months in isolation from complications to it. I had a lot of lung, a lung uh, damage that was done. I had three tracheotomies done and several collapsed lungs, and then I ended up battling pneumonia several times. Mm-hmm. And um, so my world was reduced not just to a house, but to a room, to a bed, really, mm-hmm. uh, for, for probably four or five months. So I felt kind of like, uh, if I can say it, I'm an old hand at isolation. Mm-hmm. So uh, I've learned, you know, to respect it out of, out of fear, but not to tremble, uh, to realize that God is is a delivering God. He's a salvational God, and he will take us through this. And there is hope before us. And I can say that because of the hope that was instilled in me from 1994. He, he has done it in the past. He'll do it again. But I think, too, the second point was um, I heard Richard Rohr talk about this. I didn't even realize that in 1918, there was a serious pandemic that hit the world. It too was an influenza, an H1N1 strain, actually. Um, and um, we need to realize that uh, to ask those questions, um, um, why did we, yeah, uh, what stories will be told of us uh, and the way we handled this pandemic? Mm. Uh, we don't hear a lot of stories of well, what happened in 1918. And in, and in speculation, he suggests that it's probably because it wasn't handled so well. Mm. So maybe we need to think about the ways we're going to handle this, this pandemic and, and share hope in the midst of this so that stories can be told in the future that God is, mm-hmm. is a delivering God and uh, a redeeming God. So. Totally. Yeah, and I don't want to, I don't want to like over spiritualize this, but I think for me, when I think of the hope that we have, it's Revelation twenty one, the last book of the Bible, or the last page of the Bible, or sorry, the second last chapter of the Bible, um, in the Jesus promise of heaven to in a vision John had, where he said he will wipe away every tear from their eyes, death shall be no more, mourning and weeping shall be no more, the pain of wounds will no longer exist, for the old ways have gone and the new has come. Um, and then God spoke and said, I am making all things new. Write this down because these words are trustworthy and dependable. Um, just an amazing hope that we have in the midst of this, that, that we have a God who, you know, he knows the end of the story. And the end of the story is that all things will be restored. All things will be redeemed. All things will be made new. And, and I think it's easy to, to lose ourselves in the now uh, but I think there is something to be said about having an eternal perspective and what what God is doing now is is temporary. Romans 8 talks about how our present sufferings are not even worth comparing to the glory that will be revealed in us. And, um, and so I think we can find hope in that. Um, when I think about the individual and like going through trials and how we find hope, I think of, of James verse 1. 
Count it all joy when you face trials of many kinds, for you know the testing of your faith develops perseverance, perseverance develops character, and uh, character hope. And uh, and the reality is that when we go through trials, I think we are being given an opportunity to lean into God, and He's going to do things that He can only do in us through trials. Uh, once we're dead, once we go to, once we're with God in whatever heaven looks like, the new earth, the new heavens, there's not going to be any more trials. And so the worship that we give Jesus in the midst of our trials, that's that's only for while we're here. And so, you know, that offering that we give God, we can only give God in the midst of this. And so I think of how, how are we um, giving God glory, giving him praise in the midst of this pain? Um, and how is that shaping us and the people God wants us to be? And, um, and I, I just, I am so passionate about seeing people, um, realizing who they are in Christ, realizing what they have as image bearers of God, who they are as image bearers of God. And I think it's a season like this where, um, where that becomes, it, like we need it. <laughs> we we need to embrace those things. We can't live without those things. Like we need that. And so I have a lot of hope for people in the midst of trials being formed into Christ likeness, uh, but also a lot of hope in just the story as as a whole. So, yeah. Yeah, and I I don't think it's no, it's it's no insignificant point. Uh, and I don't know if you thought of this, Donovan, but uh, <laughs> that John's vision of that hope in Revelation twenty one. Yeah, was expressed and experienced while he was in isolation on the island of Patmos. Totally, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> he was in he was in isolation. That's a good point. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> oh, cool. Oh, it's been fun. <laughs> yes, this has been awesome. Hey, when are you gonna have those kids of yours on the podcast? That needs to happen. Oh, no, I do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You could probably hear them on a couple of the recordings if you listen close enough. <laughs> Well, I remember that uh, uh, screaming child from a few yeah, from, <laughs> from last week. I thought that was your kids. No, that was his. That was his. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for this. This was awesome. Bless you, Eric. This was awesome, Don Juan. You take care and uh, yeah. awesome. Thank you. I hope we do this again. Sure. Well, I hope that you enjoyed this uh, conversation that Eric and I had. I know that I was blessed through the time that we were able to spend together. And again, I want to encourage you that as you um, navigate through the season of isolation, just be really thoughtful in how are you inviting Jesus into the everyday stuff? Uh, how are you inviting him into the different things that you're doing, the different things that you're facing, the different things that you're struggling with? Um, because he wants to meet you in those things. He wants to meet you in those places. Bless you, friends, and we'll see you next week.